What's up with Jessup? It's the only way to wake up. We state our views, state facts, and then afterwards we make up from politics, business to lifestyle. Let's get this. Jessup Jong knows all the facts. He has no missed list. This podcast is your place for breaking news and hot takes. It's the only way to wake up. What's up with Jessup? I am on an incredible roll, and so I'm just going to record this wonderful productive process. I'm writing stuff about COVID-19 and M&As. So what I've written so far, there are four possible paths parties can take in response to an M&A deal in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. Not to mention it at all, evoke a material adverse effect slash change clause, evoke a force majeure clause, or appeal to the legal doctrines of impossibility and or frustration. Definition. Material adverse change clauses are provisions which aim to entitle a purchaser to walk away from a transaction between signing and closing if events arise which are materially detrimental to the target. Although material adverse effects are broader than the concept of material adverse changes, they are used interchangeably. They are often used interchangeably. Requirement. These clauses have usually been interpreted narrowly for events that financially affect the target company. In the Acorn Inc. versus Friesnius Cabby AG case, the adverse effect it ha- had to have durational significance and be company specific rather than industry wide. This means that the this means that the event must impact the impact or, or the event must the event must impact the long-term future of the target company in the deal the event must impact the long-term future of the target company in the deal and must impact the company rather than the industry overall in this sense some may argue that it may be hard for the covid-19 pandemic to qualify as an mac as in materially, material adverse change. In the ACORN case, however, pandemics were specifically excluded from MACs and that risk was given to the buyer. This means that the COVID-19 pandemic would not allow parties to walk away from the deal. MACs have often excluded events that are considered acts of God. If parties in the future would like to include pandemics such as COVID-19 in MACs, claims would have to show the direct financial impact of the pandemic. Show the direct and lasting financial impact and lasting financial impact of the pandemic. Force majeure.
force majeure the force majeure majeure clause is less likely to be used there is no there is no case there is no precedent in force majeure clauses there is no precedent of there is no precedent regarding a dispute there is no precedent regarding force majeure clauses there is no precedent regarding force majeure clauses evoked in the M&A context M&A context there is no precedent regarding force majeure clauses evoked in the M&A context there is no precedent regarding force majeure clauses evoked uh, there is no precedent regarding force majeure clauses evoked in the case of pandemics however there is precedent there's one case in which um, force majeure was used in was used in an was used in an an M&A deal to relieve the duties to relieve the duties to relieve the duties slash responsibilities of the contract to relieve this responsibilities of the contract however is one case in which force majeure was used in an M&A deal to relieve the responsibilities of the contract M&A context there is no precedent regarding force majeure majeure clauses evoked in the case of pandemics however Steve and sons so what I could look into more is um, whether or not here let's write it in this thing whether or not um, yeah whether or not 
Steve's case included pandemic, pandemic, and reason for the for evoking evoking the clause. Differences between force majeure and MAC and slash MAC. MAC clauses intend to allocate risk between the parties that may arise between the signing and closing of the transactions, whereas force majeure can be claimed at any time when a force majeure event arises. It is rare for MAC clauses to be litigated to judgment and usually leads to renegotiation or a settlement. Rare for MAC MAC clauses not to consider effects of pandemic. No evidence presented not considered for a travel technology company, either strategically or by a fatal mistake. So now, um, if that's pretty much the totality of my paper, I have more stuff about um, the frustration clauses. I mean, the doctrines of law of impossibility and frustration, they're not as used as much. So I should add, um, although these, these doctrines can be used, be used they are rarely used these doctrines are rarely used in the context of in the context of pandemics but remain Clauses remain a possibility um, anyways um, so I think what I should do is really read over the assignment maybe I should print it out uh, for use because I received additional assignment um, 
direction of how to proceed for the assignment. And so that will be most likely very useful. And so I'll print it out, but I'll also read it to you so that it can be useful. Um, so first things first, I will have to Print it out. Huh, there's one sentence. Let's see if this makes it happen. Well, that's good enough. Great. So I printed it out and I'll read it to you. Um, so I think what has to be done right now is on the 24th or 26th you would want a meeting um, so, how do I, um, one thing I can do is have a to-do list, list of sending out email, email about meeting on the 24th, 26th. Who takes on the M&A closing liability? So that's sandbagging. Sandbagging. Who takes on the M&A uh, closing liability when there is an event that is called sandbagging? Um, who takes on the responsibility is the problem. The sub-issue is when a party knew a liability before closing, um, there's indemnification, compensation for loss. Uh, where people can argue either you had bad faith or you already knew the the risks and therefore it's your fault for having bought it um, and you have that responsibility. And so requirement is if other countries in different uh, jurisdictions have different laws as well, resolutions, uh, they tend to end up as resolutions without conflict. So... They, they tend to end as resolutions without conflict if other countries in different jurisdictions have different laws as well. How are they different? What are the implications of that case? If that's the case, UK and Italy are examples of countries that you could look at. There aren't any federal cases because this is a civil law. Um, sandbagging, even if you knew it or did not, uh, you can ask for claims. You cannot ask for claims after the fact if it's anti-sandbagging. Korea is a sandbagging country. So unless agreed differently, companies can claim for damages. Uh, for the United States, uh, Delaware, or for the United States, California specifically, it's uh, a more of a sandbagging country, come, uh, or state, similar to Korea, arguing that 
even if you knew it, you can ask for claims after the fact, after the M&A deal, uh, if there are indemnifications. Uh, whereas in Delaware and New York, um, it's more of an anti-sandbagging uh, place. Uh, as you can tell, it's a it's a more pro-corporate kind of um, environment, right? So it's less understanding. It's uh, on the buyers to ensure that they know all the risks involved in buying it and once you've bought it uh, bought the company there aren't any indemnifications you can claim or at least not as much uh, compared to California or South Korea and then uh, I can look at law review articles but to look more into this fact uh, for COVID-19 force majeure depends on the contract uh, but MAC is used for big events uh, and etc so that's the case uh, and then for sh the shared purchase agreement um, 1997 1998 there was a lot of sh foreign investments um, and because this is commercial and civil law um, it's based on contracts um, New York City is based on uh, precedent and parties intentions and so Korea usually most used to like the Korea uses mostly uh, stock purchase agreements or share purchase agreements in the style of the United States because there's a lot of uh, investment from the United States uh, in terms of finance and so it uses that style but now the project is um, uh, and the issue is looking at the difference between United States and UK legal styles in stock slash share purchase agreements um, the format is a little bit different um, whether there's representational warranty I mean um, this means that law firms are responsible for explaining the situation of the company the legal and financial situation of the company and that is the representation and there is warranty of representing that company uh, f to the full extent whereas um, and, and there is no really difference in the term representation and warranty. It's just used interchangeably in the case of the United States. However, in the UK, it only uses representation but not warranty because um, warranty is a stronger word. And so practically uh, looking at how they are being held is going to be the most important part of this assignment and project I'm working on. So I hope this was very useful for you and um, I will see you next time if you have any questions or if you want to discuss any of the legal uh, issues please let me know thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next time